Right. Well, we might as well get started because I know that we've got quite a few questions for you, Harry. <laughs> so, thank you very much, Harry, for coming to Talk to Touch podcast. I really appreciate that. That's just marvellous. It's great. So, you were born and raised in Germany. You were educated in New York. It's part of your education, just I just want to know how college, you ended up in... College only. So. How did you end up college in Wales? College and university. Um, well, <laughs> I was propelled by romance. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I finished my PhD uh, and then um, I moved to Wales yeah. to, to be with my future husband. Oh, wonderful. We met Rockefeller Center ice skating rink. No but way. neither of us was ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Were you good at ice skating? Pardon? Were you good at ice skating or no? No, no, we were just watching. Oh, my God. <laughs> Obviously, we were not watching the ice skating. No, so you clearly weren't, no. <laughs> but you also, you do a lot of writing as well. You've done a lot of different works that you've written with, like the Queer Culture of Wales. There's work I've seen of yours online. Um, yeah, I contributed to this volume, the first volume on mm. queer Wales. Okay. Um, the history and culture and politics of queer life mm. in Wales. So it was the first anthology devoted to queer Wales. Because there's quite a lot of queer life in Wales over the over the years. I mean, gosh, there's just been so much that I just didn't realise that there was so much queer culture that actually takes place here in Wales over the over the years. And you've clearly looked at quite a bit as well. Yeah, well, I looked specifically at the uh, life of uh, George Powell, who. Mm whose family lived but you know, five miles from here um, in Nanteos. And um, he was um, certainly queer. It's, yeah. uh, it's Victorian, so it's pre-homosexual, uh, pre so the term was not used then. And um, when I moved here, I really was fairly rudderless in terms of my connection with this place. Yeah. I was not teaching or working for a while, and I didn't have any connection to where I was moving, uh, where, where I was coming to other than being with my future husband. And um, in investigating the life of this individual helped me to connect so, uh, and I staged a show with my students called Queer Tastes here in this very gallery. And uh, I've contributed, um, I've, I've continued researching him to some extent and um, it's popped up uh, in, in, in various projects along the way. So that was a way for me to feel more connected because I had been writing about uh, New York, about American culture, and uh, film, television, and theater. And so um, what am I doing here? And how, how can I connect? And so this, this, this individual, George Powell, about whom was not much written or known, um, he was a friend of Swinburne's, the poet Swinburne, um, gave me an opportunity to connect to this culture and to feel that I could make a meaningful contribution. Because you come from Germany, you didn't, you, it sounds as though you, you're not connected, you don't feel that connection to Germany. I know we had a conversation about our connections and I was saying to you that um, although 
my I was born in England. I don't feel connected to England, but also my parents come from Jamaica. I've never been there, so I, I don't feel connected to there either. So in a way, we had that conversation where I said to you that in a lot of ways, I don't feel like I belong anywhere. What did you feel in terms of coming to here from Germany? Because it sounds like you didn't have- No, I didn't come from Germany. Sorry, you didn't- From New York. Yeah, yes, from New York. But your your heritage is, is German, but you yes, felt yes. that you don't- I, mean, I think we all have multiple identities. Mm -hmm. I identify as gay. Mm -hmm. uh, queer is an academic term, yeah. and I don't usually um, intellectualize like my queer experience, my gay experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I write about it but I don't, um, uh, you know, I'm not academic about it, so I yeah. don't know quite where the boundaries are. So it's, uh, but I bring it to every project that I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm also German and the, the, the gay part, I embrace the German part, not so much. Yeah. Um, you know, I moved away from Germany at the beginning of the AIDS crisis. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was not, you know, I, I just, well, no, that's not quite correct. I moved, first visited New York at the beginning of the, of the middle of the age crisis. And, and I, it took me a few years and to decide to move to New York. Okay. But uh, in Germany, I was not, for the most part, not out. I was not um, connected to much of the gay life in the beginning, uh, even after coming out. And I was not very very at home there. I'm not a person, I'm very, I'm struggling with the, with the word home. And I, I don't have that kind of sense of, 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 of fixed belonging. Yeah. And I, I identify as, as, as gay from an outsider position. So I don't necessarily seek that out, but I always feel I'm looking from the outside in or I'm invading some, some foreign territory or I'm, you know, I'm not quite belonging there. Yeah. I put myself in situations where um, I'm sort of un uneasy about it and I don't do it programmatically. It just happens whether yes. it's, you know, starting teaching art history in China of all places <laughs> without ever having delivered a course in, 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 in landscape art. Yeah. So I, and you know, I, I just, you know, it's just like, Throw me in the ocean, and then I say, "Oh, I can't swim, but I'll manage." <laughs> you know? so You'll float. Uh, I, I, I put myself into these situations where I, I might feel humiliated, or I might feel embarrassed, or I might, you know, mm. just be ill at ease. So mm. you know, it's that sense of feeling always, always rehearsing the position mm. of the outsider. Yeah, uh, and I'm not happy about it. It's just who I am. Yeah, and it's funny because it, when we were talking, our in that respect, our lives sounded very similar in terms of that identity, not really knowing quite where you fit and belong. And un unless someone really gets to know and experience that, they they don't really understand quite the impact that that can have on you. Because sometimes you do feel like you're all at sea and you're trying to find a place to call home. Some people might say that home is where you are, what you feel within yourself. But some of that is just not feeling, well, I don't quite belong here and I don't quite belong there. I mean, when I grew up, all my friends were white 
and when it came to the black community, we just didn't, me and my siblings just didn't fit because we were interested in learning and growing. My mum always, oh my God, the times tables, she used to write them out and stick them to the wall and make us learn them. And I still don't know my times table, um, so don't ask. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was all, always about moving yourself forward and bettering yourself. So for us, we never, we never really fit. And being queer, I certainly didn't fit within either side, but also it was something that you just didn't talk about. Mm -hmm. And how did that work for you being able to talk? Because some people don't like the term queer. They struggle with that. How do, what do you feel that that term means? Well, as I said, I, I'm very old fashioned. I identify as gay, <laughs> but uh, well, queer is, is, is an academic term. Obviously mm -hmm. it, it is in many situations an insult and it was long an insult, yeah. but it has sort of been appropriated by, by the queer community. Yeah. I have a problem with that word community also. Yes, we did have that. Yeah. Much more diverse and much more fragmented than um, it, it, we need to be, yeah. and uh, often there's friction among minority groups who are clamoring for recognition yeah. and say yeah. if somebody else gets more recognition than we do, then that is the enemy, rather than the system that turns us against each other. Yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm, I'm having a problem with, I, I like the word community, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical yeah. that that is achievable or achieved. So, um, do you think it's difficult for the community to, to pull together? What do you think, what, in your view, do you feel is, is the issue there? Because it is like you, you know, when you come out, which we will talk about in a moment, but when you come out, it's, you always feel like you need to belong somewhere. And when you, you, you find that, oh yeah, there's this queer community, the gay community, I belong somewhere. And then you get there and think, flip an act, they're all at each other's throats. You know, I don't want anything to do with that. And then, you know, it's almost like, well, do I stay in that? Or do I go back in the closet? Or do I just walk this thin line? I mean, how does, how do we navigate that? How do you navigate that? Well, at the beginning of my coming out stage, what all, united as in, in a way in a, in, a, in a very you know horrible way yeah. AIDS, mm. right so we we all felt we had to band together yeah. to get through that uh and uh, when when i was a teenager it was called the 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 homo plague and mm. you know newspaper were full of horrible headlines mm. uh, accusing us of, of, of yeah. doing that and say well just you know abstain or lock yourself up and and and, and you know danger disappeared so yeah. it, I always associated uh, being gay with with death yeah. you know, for for many years you mm -hmm. know with danger in a, in a not in an exciting way but yeah. in a, in a terrifying way mm. so I think when I when I grew up in Germany, I, I'm not in any way a pioneer. The, the, the groundwork was laid by people my generation before me. I mm -hmm. benefited from that. I was never uh, much of an activist mm -hmm. um, and I very much enjoyed being flamboyant and being different, mm -hmm. you know, um, but, you know, so I didn't really, and I, I embraced, you know, uh, queer, uh, individuals, you know, had, had transvestite friends and mm -hmm. had, you know, all sorts of, you know, all 
people who are just you know different, different. and, and yeah. um, but I, I always you know I, at that time I identified as gay um, so but that's probably the the question what you asked about mm. what 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 it's like for me coming yeah. out, right but in the beginning what you might united us in a very uh you know dramatic and and and, and oppressive way was the AIDS crisis and mm -hmm. um later on i don't know for example if i go to a gay bar i enjoy being among men yeah and um and I, I don't appreciate when hen parties and they no, play. No, no. We're, we're just on our freak show. Yeah, and so, yeah. And I said, well, I'm very, you know, I, I, I'm not against, you know, mm. you, but at this moment I come to this specific place yeah. just to mm. enjoy being in a community yeah. of, of people I can mm. engage with, you know? Mm. So, uh, and that I like minded. So, I... I I don't know. It's just you can you can be open without saying we're all the same. We're yeah, not. We no. Recognize distinctions, appreciate mm. them, and also say, you know, at this point, I would like to be yeah. um, mm. you know, more exclusive. Uh, it doesn't sound very friendly, but uh, but the thing is, I think what sometimes happens is or one of the challenges that the gay and queer community tends to have is when you have bars and clubs and events that are for that community and then you do get people who are straight that come in and then get offended by what they see um, there was a gentleman I interviewed and he was in a bar and he was kissing his boyfriend and this guy who was straight was next to him said you know that's disgusting you shouldn't do that here and he's like you're in a gay bar get out and then suddenly you're losing these queer spaces because now um, people who are straight want to come in and enjoy the space but what happens then is the people who are queer are less likely to to then go because now their space is changing and it does change the energy it it's a completely different energy when you have the different communities that mix like that and I know it does sound very like you're segregating but it's we don't have as many spaces and when you start losing them it's it's really difficult it's a bit like I, I wanted to ask you about like during the AIDS crisis because we don't hear from people who were there at that time. You can read about it. I remember the adverts. I'm of the age, I don't know about some of you, where the adverts were on TV and there was like the big tombstones and they're always black and gray adverts and they were horrible. But to you're, you're getting that from the outside, but not people who are there. And you were actually seeing the impact of those events. And I think it's really important for people, particularly who are younger, who don't truly understand the impact that that had on the community. It's just, I mean, the word devastating just doesn't cut it. What was that like? You know, if you're able to, and please feel free if, it, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. Please, you know, will you be free to explain what that time was like so people truly understand? Well, I first traveled to New York uh, in 85 and this exhibition that we're in right yeah. now is about my life 
in New York and it's mm -hmm. like a walk in New York, but it's a personal narrative. It's mm -hmm. not in your face. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's not, not, not a bunch of penises around, them. Yeah. you know, it's not that, <laughs> that kind of, you know, personal narrative, no. but it is all about yeah. my, my gay experience. So, so when I first moved to New York and, uh, as I visited as a tourist, um, a friend of mine was an au pair girl, uh, for a year in New mm -hmm. York and I had an opportunity to, to stay with her and I was, you know, mm -hmm. leapt at that opportunity, <laughs> even though I would have preferred California, I seen some, <laughs> some, you know, footage of New York or some, you know, uh, movies of the seventies and they looked rather grim and, you know, crime ridden, and, yeah. uh, you know, all that. So anyway, but once I arrived there, uh, I was very excited to mm. be there and, um, but I had never had any, um, sexual experience. <laughs> so I was 19 and, um, and I knew I always associated, you know, sex with death. Yeah. And so I was very cautious, very nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was approached on the street by an elderly man who, um, said he had a Modigliani. He wanted to show me. <laughs> Is that what you call it? <laughs> Oh my God! And I had to, I, I knew something was really odd. And I said, well, since you're asking, um, yes, I would like to see it. But of course, um, that we went into it was a fairly well-to-do. Uh, middle-aged man i yeah. wouldn't be able to tell you he looked old to me then he might have been, might have been in his 50s everyone looks old when you're young don't yeah. they you know <laughs> <laughs> so so i went i went to his apartment in midtown manhattan and um the modigliani was not there <laughs> he said well it's on loan <laughs> it's somewhere in an exhibition but he had some other work anyway that didn't last very long and then he undressed and he, um, well, he wanted to perform certain yeah. sexual act mm. on me. And I, so I would never call it the R word, mm. but I felt molested. Yeah. I can't, I was, I was so intrigued by that situation while I was on the outside. But when I was on the inside, I felt, I, I felt, I was, I was just terrible, mm. you know? So, and I, I was because I, I was, I've always been attracted to older men. Yeah. So I never, never dated people younger than me. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so it wasn't that, you know, I made myself available to, to, you know, older men, Yeah. but I, they never asked, what do you enjoy? And so they only wanted my body. And so, you know, you know, I assumed that's what young gay men do they yeah. allow themselves to be mm. penetrated and i i didn't get any enjoyment from it i also thought my god what i'm doing is very dangerous yeah. and um and it was a terrible terrible experience and i just it took me a long time to enjoy mm -hmm. any kind of intercourse with with another person as a result of that. So, 
And then while I was, I was staying illegally in Carnegie Hall in an office. Uh, of all places. Uh, <laughs> Random. Yeah. So, and, and that same day that that experience happened, I was conned out of all the money I had on the street. Oh, wow. So there I was, my friend, but the au pair girl was not working in New York. She was working in New Jersey. There I was without money, without anyone staying in a, in an office building, uh, you know, in an office in Carnegie Hall and having just had that experience, I mm. went to the shower and I started bleeding profusely. I said, Oh my God, what's happening? And I had just absolutely no one to turn to. And, um, so that was just an yeah. awful beginning for anyone to have. Right. And, um, then couple of the other pair girls who were working in New York and went to a, a, a gay, uh, to, a, to a jazz bar and I, I met some, a waiter there was very intrigued by me. Yeah. And I, and then that was my first, you know, romance. Uh, but it all happened within just a few days while I was in New York. Oh, wow. Five. And you ask about what it was like during the AIDS crisis. Obviously, when I told my story, uh, I said, oh my God, you need to get tested right away. And, you know, you know, and there was no cure for, for AIDS then. It would, would be a death sentence, yeah. right? And so many things went wrong with me. Uh, you know, I, I developed anal wards as a result of that penetration. Mm. I had to have two operations just to open up my anus. I was really anal retentive. That's mm -hmm. part of, you know, I just couldn't I deal with any of mm. having anything going on down there and mm. I couldn't even go to the toilet. So I always had, I was always in fear of having contracted something yeah. and, 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 and even, you know, so I, I was not, I didn't, even after coming out, uh, mm. it took me a long time to, to, um, to get to have actually enjoy yeah. a sexual life. And I, the, the people I knew in New York, uh, several had contracted, contracted AIDS, you know, there were 60, 70,000 people died by the 90s. I mean, it was just really yeah. New Yorkers. And, uh, so you could not avoid knowing somebody who had mm. died of AIDS back yeah. in the eighties and nineties. Um, I moved to New York in 1990. Um, and so, you know, I had, I had friends who died of it or I had friends of friends who died of it and I had an older friend in New York uh, in uh, Cologne where I lived um, uh, in, in the late 80s and um, he was interested in me physically mm -hmm. he had AIDS um, and so you know but he was very careful he was also a yeah. doctor mm -hmm. And uh, he had a circle of friends that sort of passed me around because they found out that I didn't have any, I, I couldn't have sex with them. I mm -hmm. just was too scared or not enough, didn't feel valley, valued for who I was. I'm, I'm the kind of person, I cannot have one night stands to this. I can't do it. Yeah. I always want to know, what are you doing tomorrow? Or do you actually like me? I'm so vulnerable about mm. that. I just, mm. I don't, I'm, I don't feel 
you know, I'm not saying to others who who enjoy that, yeah. uh, you know, I don't despise them or whatever, or I, I no. don't lecture them on anything, but I just cannot do it. I would yeah. feel, is it just my body that you want or is mm. it, do you really want to get to know me, you mm. know? So this person, um, this doctor friend I had, um, you know, we saw each other, we went out to dinner and yeah. really enjoyed my company, but he had AIDS. And when I moved to New York, he came uh, to New York to see me for the last time. And um, so I went to a museum and then he said goodbye. And then the next thing I heard was that he committed, had committed suicide, you know. So, but he made an effort to see everybody who meant something in his life. And I didn't even realize that I, I meant that much, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, but it was, so, you know, those, those stories happen, but obviously if I had been sexually active, I might not be here yeah. or I might have different stories to tell. Um, and it, you know, I, I tried, you know, I, I was not as active. Yeah. I was not as out and to this day, I used to think, and I used to argue when people said, you know, well, you are gay. So I said, that doesn't really mean anything. I'm, I do all the things that you do. Yeah. Sexually, yeah. I do something different. But yeah. that's not how I would argue that now no. anymore. Because I had a colleague, I was working for three years in health insurance for all. So I can't even imagine doing that. It was horrifying. So I did, I was an apprentice there. And uh, one day we just met in the canteen and a colleague said, oh, and I said to my colleagues, well, I went out to see a movie. What did you do over the weekend? And then uh, she said, nothing. And I said, well, didn't you want to know what, what I went to see? Oh, I saw, I, I thought you went to one of your movies. Like I had just been to a porno <laughs> <laughs> That's the future. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, uh, funny. Know, I, I felt always sacred. Yeah. Whatever I'm, I'm, I'm to say, and we're the same. Yes. Just you know, yeah. sex differently. But I came to realize that was just not the case. Mm. I'm just gay all over. Whether yeah. I have sex or not, yeah. or whether I'm in the classroom teaching, mm. or whether I'm doing this, everything that I do yeah. is if is queer because you did say um being queer is not a part of you but your very core almost everything i do or write is queer so you're you've never seg segment your life you never say oh well i'll leave that part of me there because i'm gonna be at work you're like well this is me end of story yeah. and that is or the beginning, of story. Or the beginning <laughs> yeah the beginning of story and you have always um held your queerness close you've never tried you've never tried to hide it and all the time i've known you which isn't long um but you've never tried to hide it you do say this is me all i do in my life including your from your writings to your website to everything you do i don't think i could hide it i, I cannot the jazz hands will come up so uh, you know i just can't i just i couldn't hide it <laughs>